Amen. Amen. I do have something this afternoon now that I would like to share with you that the Lord has put on my heart. If I may, for just a moment, and you, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I do have quite a long scripture to read to you. I want to go to the, fir- uh, the book of 1 John, chapter 2, and I want to start with verse number 1. Praise God. It says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. And then going down to verse number 12, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. For the remainder of our time, I want to preach to you this thought. Baggage claim. Baggage claim. You'll see I have up here with me a suitcase that I travel with wherever I go, really. It's been my companion on all of my travels. It's been closer to me than anybody on my travels, physically anyway. Amen. Amen. Baggage claim. And from the scripture we just read moments ago in 1 John chapter 2, we are instructed to love not the world nor the things of the world. But why? May be a redundant question, but why not? Why? Because any man that loves the world, as we have read in Scripture, the love of the Father is not in him. Right off the bat, I come to you today to proclaim to you, flee from sin. Flee from the world and the things thereof. I know this morning is back to school Sunday, so I'm talking to the students, but I'm talking to everybody in this place. Flee from sin. Flee from the things of this world. Jesus tells us to be in the world, but not of the world. Thank you. But how do I do that? How can I be in the world but not of the world? The world will tell you that it's okay to not pray, to not worship, to not read His Word, to not fast, to not give, to not do those things that God calls His people to do. If we are in the world, we should still have Christ in us, through us, and on us. Therefore, we are not of the world. If we do not have such, then plainly enough, that said person is of the world. Now, let me tell you something, and then stick with me because I'm just getting started here this afternoon. Because if you are here today, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Bishop, I told you. I told you this would happen. What, what that means is that you have a Redeemer. There is a Redeemer who can make you new again. 
we, there is a Redeemer who can make you whole again. There is a Redeemer who can purify you again. Amen. But you know, I'll tell you again, and it starts with you choosing to turn to Him rather than the things of this world and the lusts thereof. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Yeah, all of those worldly desires that we see or that we may have experienced can be encompassed by one of those three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And as the Lord was preparing me for this, I began to feel a stirring in my spirit. The Lord began to minister to me, and so now I minister to you. But we have got to get rid of those things of the world. In order to put on Christ, the things of the world have to pass away. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus tells us, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus cuts right to the chase saying, You can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and and money, the, the things of this world as I'm referring to. He echoes what Joshua said, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Both of which are saying you can't just serve God one day and serve the other the next. There's no wavering back and forth, church. No, it's time to have a made-up mind in this place to serve Christ to serve him with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with every ounce of our being. Hallelujah. To fight against the desire to be neither hot nor cold, to be lukewarm in our walks with him. Why? Because that is where confusion grows. That is where confusion abounds and begins to sprout and begins to grow like a weed in your lawn that you don't want there. It is where we become confused with how to serve God because one day we are and the other day we're not. It is at that time where the worldly things begin to intertwine with the things of God. But they, they, they really can't intertwine all that well, but they sure try to, church. Oh, come on. I don't know if you're hearing me now. The more you dabble in the things of the world, these things over here, the less you're going to be worried about the things of God and your relationship with Him. And as you continue to grow in these things of the world, hear me. That's not going to matter anymore. It's not going to matter anymore. Why? Because you're going to be so engrossed with the things over here. You're going to be so engrossed with what's my next move going to be here. And God's going to be over there saying, hey, I'm still here. And I'll get back to that in just a moment. Church, in order for one to put off the things of the world, they, they have to claim that which has taken control of them. I'm talking baggage claim. In order for one to put off the heavy baggage that the world has weighed them down with, they first have to claim it. So there you are, standing at this baggage claim. You hear the bell. Some, all, all the bells are different, it seems like. And the bags begin to drop one by one onto the conveyor belt in front of you. You know that place at the airport when you have, I think they call it a check bag. I'm not sure all the lingo. But you give it to them. They put it underneath the airplane that you're on. And then it drops on this conveyor. And you begin to look. You begin to search for your baggage. And you finally locate it. There it is. There's my nice teal bag. And as your baggage comes nearer and nearer to you, you get ready to grab it, okay? You, you, You've been there, right? Some of you have been there, maybe. You, it, it comes nearer and nearer to you. you. You go to grab it, 
But when it finally reaches you, you say to yourself, nope, that's not mine. I don't struggle with those things. No, that's not my baggage. I don't know whose that is, even though it's got my name on it. It's, it's not mine. I'm not going to claim that. Now I know what you're thinking. That didn't make a whole lot of sense, Trevor. To which I say I know it, it wasn't supposed to make sense. Can you imagine waiting all that time for your baggage to arrive and you just decide to not pick it up off the conveyor? It just keeps going around and around and I'm not sure what they do with baggage that doesn't get picked up after a certain amount of time, but I'm sure it's nothing good. Maybe they contact you and you say, nope, that's, that's not mine. I don't know who left that there. You just decide to not claim your baggage. As I stated before, you see it go around and around and you know it's yours, but nope, nope, not me. I don't, I don't deal with those struggles. I don't deal with those things. That's not me. When in reality, it's still a struggle for you. When in reality, it's still something that you need to get over. And again, I say, in order for you to get over that baggage, you've got to claim it. You've got to realize that you're struggling with it. I'm talking about confession. You know, just like that baggage claim at the airport, in order for you to deal with that, again, you've got to claim it. You've got to confess it. You've got to repent of those things. And if you don't confess that which you need delivered from, how are you supposed to receive the help that you need? How are you supposed to receive that help which comes only from the Lord? Well, that's a question that I can't answer, but I think you know the answer. Church, some of you have come here today with a lot of baggage, with a lot of stuff that you just need to give to God. And it just so happens that I came to this pulpit this morning with some baggage. This thing is real nice, you know. It rolls any way you want it to. I don't think I realized it did that until after about my third trip, and I'm like, oh, it actually rolls this way. I can walk beside it. I don't have to carry it behind me. Uh, anyways, I'm getting off topic there, but just, just a little side note there. You know, inside this suitcase is a number of things that can weigh you down, that can keep you from fully walking with God. Pardon me for a moment. These are the things that can keep you and will keep you from a close relationship with him. You ready? Sexual immorality. Impurity. Impure thoughts. Wrong thoughts. Evil desires. Coveting. Wanting something you can't have. Idolatry, mammon, anger when it's not dealt with, wrath, that's murder in the heart, malice goes along with those wrong thoughts. Slander goes right along with gossip, talking about somebody when they can't defend themselves. Obscene talk, inappropriateness, bottom line. Lying, that's a big one. 
They're all big. But this is one that especially sticks out, lying. Lying in any way. Distractions. Your cell phones. Devices in general. Uh, things of this world. Shows you may watch anything in general. Addictions. Addictions to pornography. Addictions to alcohol. Addictions to drugs. Addictions to money. Anything that you put in front of God can be seen as an addiction. It can be seen as idolatry. It can be seen as things that all have to do with the old self. The old self. Church, what I just showed you is, is baggage. It's the things of the world. That baggage can be very heavy. Just like if your baggage is over the weight limit at the airport, the more baggage you choose to carry, the more it will cost you. In the end, if you continue to carry that baggage with you and decide not to give it to God, it will cost you your life. It will cost you eternal life. But remember, we have an advocate, Jesus. He's only a call away. So go ahead and confess to him. He's the only one who can save you. He's the only one that can heal you. He's the only one that can deliver you. Hallelujah. All you have to do is call upon that name above all names, that King of kings, that Lord of lords, the one called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So, hallelujah. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus is saying right here, I know that you are fighting. I know that you are struggling. I know that you feel like you can't even take another breath. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Learn how to handle those situations the way God intends you to. Hallelujah. We just had a move of God in this place where everybody was just touched by him and ministered by God in their own personal way. And God ministered to us very collectively at that time. But this baggage that I just showed you, when you call on that name and you give it to him, it must go. It must be gone. It has to flee. It cannot stay. You've carried that baggage around for too long, and now you have put on the yoke of Christ. Let him take control of your life. Let him be the one that steers you in any direction that you need to go or any direction that he wants you to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many, how many of you have ever felt a, a tug by God to not do something? Sometimes those are harder than God telling you to do something because you're so entangled in that that you're like, wait a minute. I don't want to not do that anymore. Sometimes those are more of a struggle than the things he tells me to do. Can I be plain with you? And as you do so, as, as you allow Jesus 
to take control and take the direction and take the steering wheel of your life, you do so, Jesus begins to make changes in your life. Some of those are uncomfortable. Some of those are, whoa, what are you doing, Lord? You've got you to wrap your head around that. And that baggage that you were once filled with begins to change. The things that Jesus changes in you will not be a heaviness like that of the world, church. For he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we begin to allow Jesus to put new things into us. We allow Jesus to put new things into us like being set apart. Like having peace within us. The peace of God that passes understanding. Like having that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. By having that hope in a world that's lost all hope. Hallelujah. By being that royal priesthood. Oh, hallelujah. By being beloved of God and having the love thereof of him. Hallelujah. To show kindness to others to their face and when they can't see you. Hallelujah. <laughs> to show humility, to be humble in all things. To show humility, to not be prideful in those, but, but to be hu humble. To be patient. Mm. To be patient. How many of you need some patience in this place today? We serve a God who can give you patience. I'm here to tell you. He did it for me. He can do it for you. A peculiar people. Peculiar doesn't mean weird. It just means they stand out. You know why they stand out? Because they serve God and they follow God. A holy nation. Not dabbling in the things of the world. Meekness goes right along with humbleness. Lowly in heart. Hmm, here's a good one. Forgiving. When's the last time you had to forgive someone? Did you forgive them? Did you let go of that? Loving. You're loved by God. Go ahead and love others. As Christ loves you, go ahead and forgive others as Christ forgave you. All these things wrapped into the new self. The old self is gone. The new self has come upon each of you. But church, I'm not done yet. It was at this point in my studying that the Lord threw a wrench in as he often does and I love him for it and it's a warning it's a warning of of not of to not grow relaxed in your walks with God I mentioned it before about being neither hot nor cold but here's what the Lord showed, showed me in the book of Acts chapter 9 we read about the conversion of Saul on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of his way, any of his way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was going there to persecute more. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was getting ready to persecute those that were, wanting, that were living for Christ. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why 
persecutest thou me? Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled. He trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. The Lord impressed into my spirit this very word. It is time, church, to stop kicking against the pricks. Kind of a tough pill to swallow. But it's time for us to stop kicking against these pricks. Let me give you an explanation of what this prick is. Hear me out. Other translations use the word goad. In fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 11, it uses the terminology goad in place of the word prick. Here Jesus is speaking metaphorically of an ox, driving this goad or prick deeper into the ox when the ox kicks against it. The goad was used to keep the ox, which was already under a yoke, <laughs> on the path that it was intended to be on. And if the ox decided to do something it was not supposed to do, the driver of the ox would then use this goad or prick to keep it in place. This, this goad was about eight foot long, and it had a hook on one end that was sharp, or it had a, a pointed end to it where it really got the attention of the ox. And the ox, rather than trying to move its backside out from underneath the, the yoke, would stay in line because this, he would feel this goad stick inside of him. And the more he tried to fight this ox, the, the, the deeper it drove into his side. Help me, Jesus. Jesus told Paul that it was hard for him to do so, that it was hard for him to kick against the prick that Jesus was using on Paul, metaphorically. To which we read that Paul responded instantly and understood, what do you have me to do? He felt that prick in his side. What do you have me to do? Church, hear me. Some of you have taken his yoke upon you. But you feel that it's okay to cut back on your prayer? That it's okay to cut back on your worship? That it's okay to cut back on your Bible reading? That it's okay to cut back on your fasting? That it's okay to cut back on your giving? But God, you know, there, there, there's, a, there's a point to where we kind of feel uncomfortable. Any of you ever felt uncomfortable? Well, let, let me ask you a few questions. You know, maybe, maybe you felt this goad stick into your side, and I hope you can understand where I'm coming from. But now is not the time to be lazy in your walk with God. In these days that we are living in, now is not the time to be lazy in your walk with God. Some of you are here today have been feeling uneasy for quite some time, but let me ask you this. How is your prayer life? Are you giving your all in worship to him? Are you being spent for Jesus? This takes us back to the first scripture about loving the world. If you love the things of the world, then how can you become who God intended you to be? Am I saying that I can't plan some fun family vacation? I love going on vacation. I don't think we go often enough, but that's to be determined later on. But am I saying you can't do those things that are enjoyable to you? I'm not saying that at all. There are a lot of things that I like to do and that I enjoy doing with my family by myself. 
with my friends. But if those things cause me to step away from that intimate relationship with Christ, even for a moment, is it really worth it? Do I really want to entertain that? My answer is a firm no. There is no time to waste. Perhaps that uneasiness that you are feeling, that discomfort that you are feeling, is God telling you, get back in line. Get back on the road that I have you on. I have you on a journey, says the Lord. I want to take you where I intend you to go. You are getting off track. And as you put the yoke of Christ upon you and allow him to take you where he desires you to go, it's going to take commitment. It will take sacrifice, but it's all for the sake of eternity. It's all for the sake of Christ. Someone say, I'm free. free. Yes, you are. As you put his yoke upon you. Musicians, will you please come at this time? When you allow him to handle those situations that he should have been handling in the first place. Some of you have tried to handle some things on your own, and let me ask you, where did that get you? Did it get you to where you're at now? Is there something in your life now that you really just need to give over to him? I know it it feels very somber in this place right now, but the Lord wants to do a work in this place. The Lord wants to change some hearts in this place. He wants to change some minds in this place. I want to take these very next few moments and open these altars, but also share with you one final passage of Scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us to the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now we are ambassadors for Christ. Go ahead and stand with me. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Come on, church. If you need prayer today, if you need the Lord to touch your heart, your mind, your soul, your body in this place today, make your way up to this altar right now. If you need the Lord to make a change in your life, anything at all, go ahead and make your way up here right now. Come on, we serve the deliverer. Come on, pray. The Lord is here to deliver. You are a creature made new. The Lord is here to take your baggage away. He wants you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He desires to make you new. You know, as you put off the things of the world, so you put on Christ. It's interesting that we read that we put his yoke upon you. Where does the yoke go? It goes over the shoulders. But Jesus also says to take up your cross and follow him. I don't know how heavy your cross is. I don't know how much the Lord wants you to carry or how big your cross is. But I know that he wants us all to carry him with us wherever we go. To make those sacrifices that we need to make to be closer to him. To serve him with our whole heart. 
to serve him with our whole mind. Go ahead. Give your all to him. In Jesus' name. God, I want to serve you. God, I want to draw nearer to you with each and every moment of each and every day, oh God. Lord, without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I am nothing. Without you, I have nothing. And so I give it all to you. I give it all to you because you've made a way before and you'll make a way again. Because you've healed me before and you'll heal me again. You've delivered me before and you'll deliver me again so long as I call on you. So long as I call on you, the lifter of my head. Master, Savior, Jesus, pray. Pray earnestly. Be honest with God. Tell Him with your voice the things that you're struggling with right here in this place. Those things that you need help with. 